welcome to the Collective Tables Advent Season. Over the next four weeks, Chelsea, Claire, and I will offer short reflections on the weekly themes of Advent, hope, love, joy, and peace. These themes connect to the traditional scripture readings that are presented throughout the Advent season and remain consistent from year to year. So what is Advent? Great question, Dana. Advent marks a time in the life of the Christian church where we prepare and wait for the coming or arrival of Christ, God in human form. The word Advent comes from the Latin Adventus, meaning coming. It doesn't matter if you're Catholic, Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, Lutheran, Greek Orthodox, or non-denominational. Advent applies to the universal Christian church. Not all Christian communities may talk about Advent and not all celebrate the time period in the same way. However, it does not change the overall purpose of Advent, which is a time for each of us to prepare our hearts and minds for the coming of Christ. It reminds me of when I prepare my house for company. I love hosting people in my home, and part of it is the excitement of preparing for the guests to come. I get the house ready, mow the grass, set the table, prepare the food, and decorate. And when they get there, we can finally celebrate. That's a great metaphor, Claire. For those who practice Christianity, Advent is a time of spiritually preparing our hearts and minds to receive God in person. So for this TCT Advent season, you're invited to use these short reflections to get your heart and mind ready for the arrival of a vulnerable baby who desires to be connected to each of us, who desires to show us that love and peace are stronger than hate and war, who invites us to respond every day to a broken world by claiming our belovedness. If you'd like to learn more about the history of Advent, visit our show notes for additional resources. My love language is words of affirmation and gifts. This means that hearing supportive things and receiving thoughtful gifts are some of the primary ways that signal to my brain, this person loves you. My husband's love language is quality time. In our 10 years as a couple, I've learned that hopping in the car to tag along with him, even to the grocery store, can sometimes say more to him than just saying, I love you, because someone intentionally spending time with him signals to his brain that that person loves him. The five love languages lay out a vast array of ways and combinations of ways that different people give and receive love. Words of affirmation, acts of service, quality time, gifts, and physical touch. Depending on who you are, that special mix of nature and nurture, we all have our own unique things that signal to our brain, this person loves you. Maybe for you, it's physical touch like when your partner welcomes you home with a warm embrace at the end of the day. Or maybe you're not a physical touch person at all. Maybe you prefer acts of service. For example, you feel loved when someone helps you out or goes out of their way to do something kind. Even after a decade of loving my partner, I sometimes forget the meaning of quality time for him. I start functioning out of my own definitions of giving love and forget that because we're two different humans, that we have two different ways of receiving love. Because I primarily feel love from things like words of affirmation or thoughtful gifts, my brain defaults to extra I love yous and 
goodies from Target when I want to show my love, rather than a night at home with just the two of us, or a Saturday morning spent chatting together over brunch. Research has shown that teaching people in romantic relationships how to attune to their partner's preferred love languages leads to increased feelings of love and relationship satisfaction. But because we often project our own needs on others, understanding how someone else needs to be loved, even our own partner, is not always easy. For me, it was not until my husband expressed to me what his love languages were that I really understood and was better able to love him. He understood himself and how he needed to be loved. And in turn, I was able to love him in better and deeper ways. During the Christmas season, we talk a lot about giving. Giving to charities, giving gifts, giving out that holiday cheer. But does anyone stop and think about what it means to receive? I'm beginning to wonder if sometimes, when all we do is project our efforts outward, we forget about what it means to know and to love ourselves. We forget how to be loved, and we forget how to see ourselves as beloved creatures. This is more than just putting on our oxygen mask first before helping the person next to you, more than just self-care, and even more than some motivational quotes affirming your worthiness. This is about what I believe is the center of the universe, the source of life, what all of creation longs for, love. I'm not telling you to not love others. I think that that's our number one job as humans. But what I am telling you is to not let your love for others become a mask for self-rejection. Understanding ourselves as loved and being able to receive love is just as important. Just as my husband and I have to understand our own love languages as much as we understand each other's in order to love better. Giving and receiving love is one and the same. Love, I believe, is one big swirling force that invites us to get swept up in. The prophet Isaiah spoke of this love in this week's lectionary text, a vision of what many call the peaceable kingdom. In Isaiah chapter 11, Isaiah speaks of someone coming, someone who has the spirit of the Lord resting upon them, someone who has established this peaceable kingdom, which is rooted in love. Isaiah describes this peaceable kingdom as a place where wolves happily coexist with lambs, where cows and bears graze together, a place where true and eternal love reigns, what Jesus will later talk about as the kingdom of God. The vision Isaiah has for this world springs directly from love, from the creator, from the center of the universe, from Christ, the same source of life and force of love that we have the opportunity to draw from and participate in now. But in order to get to this vision, to be fully swept up in this love, we first have to know how to come from a place of true love within ourselves. We must first accept that we are not just loved, but because God is love and we are made in the image of God, that we are in fact made of love. Author, thinker, and priest Henry Nouwen once said, self-rejection is the greatest enemy of the spiritual life because it contradicts the sacred voice that calls us the beloved. Being the beloved expresses the core truth of our existence. Living into our belovedness is crucial if we really want to love others. It can be easy at first to ignore these voices that call us away from our belovedness and instead focus all of our efforts outward. While this can look nice at first, it's not truly sustainable. As we begin to walk away from our belovedness, this vision of love becomes less and less real. Then our efforts of love risk becoming facades or even forms of escapism from ourselves. 
When we begin to tap into that sacred voice that calls us beloved, that deep well of love that springs up from the creator of the universe, that is where we find the road to the peaceable kingdom that Isaiah spoke of. That is the way to a world where all of creation is swept up in God's true and eternal love. So what if we stopped looking at love as either or, as more than just being on the giving or receiving ends? What if knowing our belovedness became a part of how we love others? How might that draw us closer to the vision of love from which we were created? May it be so. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. Together, we are what God looks like. The Collective Table is supported by San Diego United Methodist Church in Encinitas, California, and the California Pacific Annual Conference of the United Methodist Church. A big thank you to our producer and content editor, Claire Watson. If you'd like to financially support the work of The Collective Table, please visit us at thecollectivetable.org. There you can also find out more about who we are and view past episodes. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, YouTube channel, and newsletter, and keep up with us on our Instagram and Facebook at The Collective Table.